Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Book Stops Here podcast, your one-stop shop for all football, financial scandals and miracles. I'm joined here today, but as usual, by uh, Rhys James. Uh, how are you, mate? Not the Chelsea right back, as we say every week. Oh, yeah, um, I'm good. Uh, you know, glad to be recording another another podcast with you guys. We love it. We love it. We're here from the USW studios. We've also got someone calling in, uh, Alex Wallace, as per usual. Uh, Alex, you good, mate? Hello, hello again. As per usual, we, we love to, to have Alex uh, calling in from the, the wild range of, of La Renechli. Is that right? Is that perhaps <laughs> yeah, that right? I'll, I'll, I'll probably. <laughs> yeah, and we haven't got um, our, our usual veteran, uh, Mr. Matt Skinner, this week, but we have got another veteran, the main man, Mr. Ed Young. How are you, mate? Hello, I'm not too bad, thanks. How are you? I'm good, um, and it's great to, uh, to have you on, because uh, you are an Arsenal man. I am indeed. You're sadly. an Arsenal fan, so we are going to be focusing this entire podcast around Arsenal. I went really posh on it. Podcast. Mm. Uh, podcast around Arsenal. There's been a lot going along at Arsenal at the moment. Um, you know, they're not in the greatest of states as they have been uh, in recent years. As a fan, how's it been uh, being an Arsenal supporter? Uh, it's been very tough, hopeful at times, and then you fall back into the patterns. I think Everton is a really good example. It's a roller coaster to be, to be an Arsenal fan because you, you dare to dream as you would supporting any club but as of late um, I find myself questioning the board the manager and I'm not sure where we're going as a club anymore yeah well that's uh, we're going to be having a look at where you're going both on and off the field today we'll start off with you Alex uh, really what what you what are your thoughts looking from an outside perspective on Arsenal Football Club what, what's going on uh, around there at the moment I, I think they're stuck in a in a very weird period of time and as an outsider looking at Arsenal it's almost as if it's sort of you don't really want them to be there because personally growing up in the age where the conventional top four was Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea and Liverpool, it's come a long way since then and they've really gone from a consistent top four finishing team to a top eight sometimes outside of that um, with their finishes and I think it comes down to different factors that being um the board, Stan Conkey is an owner, but it also comes down to the managers they've had, some of the, the players they've signed. I think you have to look at some of the, the decisions being made on the pitch as well this season in particular. Like They had a, a rocky-ish start of the season, then some fans thought they were coming back to this miraculous turnaround when you look and some of their only wins have been against teams that have uh, who are just sacking their managers or have just sacked their managers Villa's a, a good example of that but I think they're very much stuck in this period of something needs to change whether that's uh, uh, an ownership change or they really need to look at recruitment managerial and in terms of signing but a lot needs to change at Arsenal yeah, so we'll, we'll go back to you, uh, Ed. I know you've got some some stats and facts and figures uh, from Arsenal their recent years. It hasn't been the most successful period, going from Highbury to the Emirates, um, losing some of their best players. But yeah, what have you got for us, Ed? Building on the players that you said that we've lost as of 2010, I think it was, losing the likes of Samir Nasri, Robin Van Persie, Cesc Fabregas, uh, Gael Clichy, Emmanuel Adebayor. Those players... To rivals as well, yeah. To rivals, absolutely. Like, I think Van Persie to Manchester United, it was unforgivable, really. You, you cannot afford to let somebody go to a team like Manchester United. It was just, it was ridiculous. And I think at that point, I had really lost faith in Arsene Wenger. They were almost the finished article, I felt, that team. We, we got close to the league, and I think maybe if we kept those players, we could have potentially won the league. But I think for the 
paying the stadium off. We haven't had a league since 2004. 260 million in debt. And Arsene Wenger and Arsenal had a self-stained model of let's just get Champions League football every year. And that's how we're going to pay the stadium off. We pay the stadium off and then we compete. And now we're not even in the Champions League anymore. Yeah, it's, it's certainly one. Um, going to you, Reese. I mean, you you saw the benefits of Robin Van Persie at your club. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, from an from an outside perspective, I mean, Arsenal are are, are now a mid-table team, and it's it's a horrible thing to to say for for Ed and and, and the Arsenal fans. For, from an outside perspective, how are you? How do you see Arsenal? Yeah, it's interesting because um, I wasn't. Well, I've never really been sure about Arteta because obviously he's not had uh, a career in management before this, uh, before he joined uh, Arsenal. And this season, I thought they were they were sort of going to get somewhere after the the results we've seen. But yeah, recently it's just not not going well. And you know, on term, in terms of the, you know, the ownership side of things, you know, Stan Kroenke is clearly not completely uh, completely into it because. You know, he, own, he owns. Well, it's not just Arsenal. He owns so many uh, different different sports teams, and he's just not quite. Um, he's not into it, is he? No. I mean, let's get into some number crunching. I do love to do some number crunching. Once again, courtesy of the excellent account on Twitter, the Swiss Ramble. Uh, so this is from the 2019-20 season, the financial season. So Arsenal actually hired Arteta within this season, um, won the FA Cup and reached the Europa League last 32, finished eighth in the Premier League. Uh, their, ta- their tax loss widened from 32 million to 54 million. Revenue dropped 51 million, which is 13% uh, from 395 million to 343 million. And it expenses grew 18 million which is four percent um in terms of covid19 that had a big impact on them as well uh, broadcasting fell 64 million um, and match day dropped 17 million so a lot of money lost their wage bill fell by 7 million and uh, other expenses were cut by 8 million uh, we'll talk about the wage bill ed because you've had um we've, we've talked about signed a ting Mm-hmm. Uh, AFTV a lot of things have come up from that um, Mesut Ozil signed a massive multi-million pound contract same uh, with now Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang do you think that these players they're given new contracts and they're falling off it it, it can't just be a coincidence right? it, it can't be um, I think it's clear at least in my mind uh, Aubameyang's time is up <clears throat> um, I, I do think these players are revered and they're loved especially I'll never forget the day that we signed Mesut Ozil that was such a huge day and he wasn't the player he was when he was at Madrid he couldn't be he could never replicate who he was for us but we still threw that money at him because maybe fear maybe um, maybe we were scared that he would potentially wind up at Manchester United or any other club so we threw the money at him he didn't perform and now this is happening again with Aubameyang and will likely happen again down the line and it's I don't think it's a good atmosphere or environment to play in I don't think they take it seriously enough uh, I think it's all it's all selfies in the changing room and it, it just seems like one big laugh I, I don't think they're taking it seriously yeah I mean this is a very interesting bit of numbers Reese. Yeah. as well I mean despite releasing many players a lot of people have criticised Arsenal for buying players and then selling releasing them or selling for free people like Ramsey went on a free um but they're actually in the last six years the third highest, like the third highest from player sales behind yeah. behind Chelsea and Liverpool, um, and Liverpool's uh, figures massively inflated by Felipe Coutinho's sale. 
Um, so what do you think of that? And, and what other numbers can you provide for us that, that you know, could, could make an impact on Arsenal's finances? Well, um, obviously they've sold uh, so many players, as you say. They've bought so many. Well, I think I think they've bought quite well. To be fair, I mean it's not just about spending; it's about um, you know buying the right players, and I think they've done that. Um, to be honest, but it's, they're just not getting the results on the pitch, are they? Um, and as you say about numbers, um, I know uh, Kroenke, uh He's worth what seven seven billion? Yeah. Which is um, the third or fourth? Uh, I've got it here. Yeah, fourth in the Premier League. Um, so they they have all the money that they could want, but they just don't. You know, they they don't. He doesn't spend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so there's another uh, another bit of numbers here that, that I'd love to to analyze. Uh, I don't know if you guys know about the Delaware Money League, uh, which is basically like how much money each club is spending and how much club they're how much they're worth. Arsenal are apparently the eleventh highest in the world behind. The, the El Clasico clubs um, Bayern Liverpool Man United Man City Paris Saint-Germain Chelsea Spurs and Juventus it's almost inexcusable that they're that low and, and that they're performing at this level they were also the highest spenders in the window last summer Ed mm. how can they rebuild from because they're, they're clearly putting the money in like how can they rebuild from, from where they are at the moment because it almost seems like the dire depths Maybe a more qualified manager. Arteta absolutely fluked that FA Cup. I think a better manager. I think somebody more credible, somebody with a better CV, somebody with a winning mentality. But um, I think from top to bottom, they all have to go. I think um, listening to that stat, it all it reminds me of the Super League and when Arsenal put their name in the hat. And it's just ridiculous to think you guys, we're, we're not even worthy of a Super League. We're not in the Champions League. You know, we lose to all these these bottom sides. It's it's ludicrous, and we are still the most successful team in London. It's a long way back, and I I don't know how we get there. And the the mantra that goes around Arsenal is trust the process, trust the process, trust the process. And I'm at the point now where I don't know what the process is anymore. Um, mm. I I don't know where he's going, and I I don't know if he'll be here next season. Yeah, I mean, one thing I wanted to cover, Reece, uh, Alex, sorry, um, is ticket prices. I mean, you're a man who, who occasionally attends like championship games. Um, Arsenal have the most expensive ticket prices in the Premier League. Um, it's not really warranted, is it, fella? No, um, ticket prices in football is, is a debate that happens all the time. Um, championship in particular, the debate we have in the championship is away ticket prices. You have the likes of uh, Cardiff, Preston. Uh, we all, I think, we charge some of the lowest. I think it's, it's around twenty pound. I think our away ticket charge. It's quite, it's quite cheap when it comes to football. But you look at Arsenal, and it, it's almost, it's almost quite, it's, it's just cheeky when you look at it. Really, I think how can, how can you charge so much for a season ticket at Arsenal? How how can you charge so much for these tickets? And when you look at it, it's these fans pay extortionate prices for season tickets, um, and they expect the money they pay to not not just to provide you know consistent performances on the pitch, but also that money should be being spent properly in the club. And uh, when you when you go back to some of the stats there about the the players and what they spend the money on, and more so the losses that they've had and. It's it's quite alarming to see that a club that can charge so much for a season ticket doesn't seem to invest the money properly, and I think it comes down to Cronky and 
something that interests me um, being a, an American football fan as well is that Kroenke is the owner of the Los Angeles Rams and um, if you have to compare something of recent times uh, between what he does at Arsenal and what he does at the Rams is that Arsenal for example give Aubameyang a lucrative contract to sort of keep him on their ranks because as Ed said they might be scared of letting him go to, to wherever like they did with Ozil um, but they've just signed Odell Beckham Jr., who was one of the most upcoming stars in the NFL. Fell off a little bit, and sort of, I feel like they've thrown it's a big deal they've given him as well. A deal that a player of his nature now being sort of this once a star, not quite the star he was anymore. It, it's as if it's in Conkey's way of running a sports club. Let's sign some big name person to be like, wow you've made a positive move in, in the sporting world, only for it to cause the massive repercussions down the line. Yeah, it is. I mean, Reese mentioned earlier the, the massive portfolio of clubs. I mean, I don't know if you've got it to hand, Reese. Yep. Um, um, could you could you read it out for us? There are so many. I, I'm not even, you know, I'll, I'll name like half of them. Um, so obviously the Los Angeles Rams, as Alex said, uh, from the NFL, the Denver Nuggets. Um, I don't know what are they for basketball. I think maybe um, the Nuggets. Yeah, uh, Colorado Avalanche, which is an esports team uh, in the Call of Duty League. Uh, so yeah, as I was as I was saying earlier, he, he's not fully into Arsenal because he's got so many of these things. Um, you know, and Ed was saying he's not completely taking taking it seriously, um, like like the players. Um, and it's all a bit of a joke um, and, and you know in terms of the ticket prices as well um, as Alex was talking about I think it's not ridic- ridiculous to suggest that Arsenal should be paying the, paying the fans to turn up at, at this rate <laughs> <laughs> to be honest I mean I, I like to compare it to because Arsenal got American owners Liverpool got American owners as well I look at Fenway Sports Group I see a business plan um, however much I don't like some of the things that they do they are clearly savvy businessmen um, and they, they, their model that they use with the Boston Red Sox and now the Pittsburgh Penguins they uh, they are using at Liverpool I don't see that with the Cronkies head I know I, I don't he sees it's like Reese said he has his he has his fingers in so many different pies we are just a, a side project for him and you have the likes of Daniel Ek who are happy to throw in a 1.8 billion bid and get rejected it's just I, I feel like he he's an Arsenal fan he's a lifelong Arsenal fan and I think if we get somebody like him in I think there will be stability I think there will be a project and I, I do think there will be success but Kroenke absolutely he has to go they they all have to go yeah I mean Reese, you, you spoke to to us before as well about a Nigerian businessman potentially spying yeah. Arsenal as well um, Nigerian businessman Aliko Dangote I hope I haven't butchered his name um, but he, he's been linked with a takeover for uh, a while um, and you know he, he's actually come out and said he wants to buy Arsenal he said it's you know it's about buying Arsenal and turning it around I've run a very successful business and I think I can also run a very successful football team so he's interested um, you know the other guy um, can't remember his name is interested you know there are there are potential buyers but Kroenke just doesn't want to just doesn't want to sell what I'll put to you Alex is I, I would argue that the Premier League is probably one of the hardest business spaces to succeed in because you've got so many people with aspirations I mean you've got not only 
you know, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City. You've got the likes of Leicester who are trying to break in. You've got Brighton. You've got Everton. Farhad Mashiri's put so much money into Everton. I mean, how likely would it be if a new owner came into Arsenal that they would succeed? It's one of those. It's, is there too much damage at the club to overturn in the short period of time? Yes. There's way too many players. You could argue that nearly Arsenal's entire, this, this is controversial, but nearly Arsenal's entire squad isn't good enough to play for that team. If, they met, if their fans have such big aspirations, which they do, why wouldn't you at the end of the day, as an Arsenal supporter, have the aspirations to be the big club that you were a few years ago? Not many of those players have the, the mentality, have the ability to actually play for a club that should probably be in the top four of the Premier League. Uh, one, two, three signings that alarmed me when they happened were Ben White, now, you could argue he's had, a, he's had a decent season, to be fair to him. Is he a £50 million player? Probably not. I wouldn't say he is. Aaron Ramsdale, again, one who's proven people wrong. But then again, looking at that signing as an outsider, you've got a goalkeeper who was relegated from the Premier League and you have a club like Arsenal who said, yeah, we'll throw a load of money at him and as our number one keeper at our football club. It's one of those where you have to just hope that whoever's going to come by, uh, come in and buy Arsenal has more of sort of football aspirations and football knowledge because at the, at the moment Kroenke just seems to be, to me, a confused owner who thinks he's playing FIFA career mod. <laughs> what about Pepe, Alex? Uh, Pe- Nicola Pepe, again, he's one of the ones where you look you look at what he was in league and yeah, okay, he was a... Uh, a player who was looked at by a lot of different clubs um, loads of clubs wanted him did Arsenal overpay for him probably yes again it's the same with the Ben White situation they're players who have the some ability but the prices that Arsenal have paid for some of these players over the years it's the financial impact and just what sort of wages these players still have on the books that is going to be able to uh, it's going to affect future people coming into the club how do you sell uh, a Nicolas Pepe who's on X amount a week to a club that aren't going to want to pay his wages it's, yeah. there's a couple of clubs similar to that as well but in terms of Arsenal's situation it's a club that sort of in the decline um, it, it's all about attracting the right people to buy the club but I don't think it's instant success waiting to happen yeah, it's not just um, it's not just Pepe either. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned it before, but Pierre Amirik Aubameyang has just signed. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't too long ago, was it, when he signed his contract? Signed a ting, Pierre, last yeah. season. Um, yeah, and he's on a lot of money, and he just hasn't produced. So you've got several players who 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 are doing that, and who's going to buy them because they're not they're not they're not sellable assets at no, all. No, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you back. Ed to the glory days I'm sure you'd be happy about this that'd be very nice um, you know we're, we're going to go back to sort of mid 2000s Arsenal in their absolute prime really mm-hmm. um, got such a good team back in the day yep um, I'm going to take you back to May 2006 mm. Arsenal play Barcelona in the Champions League final yeah this is uh, the what if section so uh, we are going to be talking about what if Arsenal were European champions that night and they arguably should and could have been without a red card I mean Ed I, I don't know if you, you I'm sure you watched the game yes. I'm sure you, you took it in well 
um, talk to me about that day. I mean, the the red card. I mean, I I love Jens Lehmann. I think he is just such a, a brilliant player and such a great personality. And I remember how loud I was when Saul Campbell turned in that header. It was just, it was emphatic. We created a lot of chances. We were good. We were brilliant for ten men. And if Henri finished a couple of chances, I believe he had at least two one-on-ones. It's it's a different story. It's dead and buried. And I I I don't know. We we keep everybody. I think the the, the last invincible standing was arguably the most underrated one was Gilberto Silva because I felt losing that game was it was the end of an era um, we had already lost Vieira at that point uh, Thierry left shortly after we were just P- Perez we were we were falling apart if we win if we win that night everything changes I think we really do become a wrecking ball and we could mm. we could have we could have signed anybody you really could. I mean, Reese. I mean, it was a little bit before our time. Personally, yeah, yeah. I, I was up, I was four years old at the time. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely don't remember it. Um, <laughs> but what I what I do agree with is that you know Arsenal get a massive financial boost going into their new stadium. Yes, they pay off, um, but they have a lot more ambition for me because I think once a player gets once a team gets a taste for success, they want more of it. I guess, but I'm I'm just not sure because I mean you've got the ownership and they don't seem that ambitious, do they? You know, if they won that, would they have? Would things have changed? I've, I'm not sure to be honest. Alex, what are your thoughts on it, mate? Do you think Arsenal would have uh, would have um, become a juggernaut in, in English football, have competed with Manchester United for years and years to come, or like Reese, do you do you think that maybe it wouldn't have made that much of a difference? I mean, growing up and. Arsenal in itself. This this would have even been when I was younger, perhaps eight, nine. It it was always one of those things that even around that time, which when you think of that, that's only a decade ago. Four four or five years after that Champions League night. And even then, for about two or three years before that, Arsenal hadn't really been that ambitious and I just don't think that around that time where Man United, for example, they were, it was just success after success after success. Even when they were losing in finals, they were still, it comes down to the manager more than anything because United have their own ownership issues. But even then, it, it was never with Arsenal really sort of, they would still really try and push for the absolute best they could do. It was always as if they would settle for oh yeah okay we'll finish here or whatever we'll, we'll, we'll be happy with that it was after losing a Champions League final you should still have that ambition to reach another Champions League final and then to go on and win it mm-hmm. and it just never seemed like that was going to happen with Arsenal look at Liverpool for example yeah I was exactly, exactly. going to say Liverpool that Liverpool are a prime example of that and I think I think if I think Liverpool after losing that Champions League final went and bought Alisson went and bought Naby Keita went and bought Fabinho um, Jen Shakiri as well. That that showed the ambition. I mean, I haven't got Arsenal's two thousand six um, transfers. Uh, I'll quickly get them up, but I, I'm almost certain because that was the year that they moved into the stadium that they didn't sign anyone of note. Mm. Um, I'll just get that uh, that transfer new um, transfers. There it was go. the journey as well of getting to that final. I think I've just seen I've just seen their transfers. One 0 away to Real Madrid, going to Juventus and beating them. Like, I think we were the first English team to go to the Bernabeu and win. 
it was just such a it's a shame for Arsenal really but this is their uh, 2006-07 they actually made some pretty decent signings for, for very small fees Alex Song was one uh, Alexander Hleb who ended up going to Barcelona mm-hmm. Theo Walcott um, Abu Diaby Carlos Vea Nicholas Lord Bentner <laughs> um, absolute legend of the game another by all but nothing no real big fees there and you see the players they went out Patrick Vieira yep. Ali Adier uh, David Bentley <coughs> um, Vea went out on loan as well it just all went downhill really from that moment and I do think I do agree with that I do, maybe I don't think they go on to become a force but I do think that they go on to challenge more often um, because you know they're a team they're a European champion Arsenal have never won the Champions League you know you, you even look at the at Chelsea and the pull they had after winning the Champions League increased for me um, and I think it has done even more this year um, not only due to the fact that they have a, a, a ton of money so but yeah um, anything else we want to cover one, one thing I'd have to add to that by the way is your example of Liverpool could even tie into that because in my honest opinion the warning signs were there in 2006 about Stan Kroenke because as a club reaching a Champions League final you're going to have the pull on a lot of big players all you have to do is put that extra bit of cash in. Now, I know the situation with the stadium and moving cost a lot of money, but at the same time, if you're extremely ambitious about wanting to succeed on the pitch, you would put the funding in to get the bigger players to then reach your goal in the seasons to come. So yeah. for me, Liverpool did that when they lost to Real Madrid. They made the signings they needed to make. It's not an impossible feat especially when you're only signing players for small fees the season after you've reached the Champions League final. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a, 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 a place to finish. Um, we do hope that, for, for Ed's sake, that Arsenal do get back on track. Thank you. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for, for stepping in for Matt today, Ed. It's been an absolute oh, pleasure. Where can, people, happy to be here. where can people follow you on on social medias, Big Matt? Uh, you can just find me at uh, Twitter, edtweets underscore excellent and uh, of course follow the rest of us as per usual and the book stops pod because uh, why wouldn't you it's uh, absolutely top level content isn't it Reese? it certainly is <laughs> but yeah we'll, uh, we'll catch you in the next episode and uh, we'll see you later <laughs>